Welcome to At Home and Abroad with Harrison Walker. Join us each week as we follow our curiosity, diving deep into the familiar and the foreign. Reach beyond your front door as we uncover new perspectives, explore intriguing ideas, and have real conversations with the best guests. Ready for something different? Let's get started. Well, it seems, Dr. McMillan, that sleep is taking center stage these days in conversations about health and wellness. Um, It seems to be everywhere, in the newspapers, online. Does sleep have an impact on overall health and wellness? It absolutely does, Lauren. So um, not only do we feel fatigued if we're not getting the adequate uh, quantity of sleep, but we also need the right quality of sleep on a regular basis, right? And so we're not only fatigued, but um, as I mentioned, we have cognitive impairments. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, we have uh, motor impairments. We're clumsier. We're likely to find ourselves in emergency getting stitches in a plaster cast. Um, Right. We have cardiovascular disturbances, so our blood pressure increases. We see mood changes, both increases in anxiety and also uh, heightened depression risk. Mm-hmm. And, um, we ha- have much poorer coping. Um, so, you know, a lot easier to feel overwhelmed and right. not make good decisions. And we have a lot of changes in our hormones One of them that's uh, really important to our overall health and sort of the repair of our tissues and cells is growth hormone. So we associate growth hormone with children and growing, which certainly is true, and it's absolutely uh, imperative for them. But we all need adequate amounts of growth hormone to help with this tissue repair. And we secrete uh, most, almost all of our growth hormone while we're sleeping. So if you are regularly shortchanged mm-hmm. on your sleep, the the levels of growth hormone that are circulating for you are likely going to be insufficient. So that's another thing. And we don't regulate our, our blood sugar as well. It's almost like becoming a type 2 diabetic. Um, okay. This can happen quite quickly. And you may be aware that as your blood sugar levels are are not as well controlled, you are at greater risk of infection, right? Mm -hmm. So you really want to have a a good control over that to make sure that you're healthy and, and, and that you stay healthy. Another thing that happens too when you're not well rested and and uh, these can be both acute and and chronic consequences of of sleep uh, disturbance, but you don't mount a a immune challenge as rapidly. So when we're exposed to, you know, viruses, our immune system kicks in or bacteria too, uh, it kicks in to, to sort of fight off these these uh, viruses right and when you are sleep deprived you have a very slow response eventually it kicks in but it's not nearly as robust and so you're at risk for getting sicker than you ordinarily might be while we always want to be healthy um, these days we are particularly aware of our circulating viruses and things going around whether it's influenza or uh, COVID iterations, right? So so we really need to try to put our best foot forward in terms of our health status. The other thing that happens is our circulation is not as impaired. Ordinarily, when we're 
is sleeping during uh, that slow wave sleep, we get a real wonderful perfusion of uh, blood to our extremities. So our fingers and toes get extra sort of good perfusion of blood. That really is helpful for healthy tissue. And, and again, that is not happening as well when we're not getting enough sleep. And anyone who has a pain uh, condition, whether that's a chronic you know, arthritis, that's these kind of things, or uh, acute pain from, say, surgery or something like that, or an injury. What we also know, and I did quite a bit of work in this area when I was a doctoral student in Seattle, what we see is that you experience more pain for a given pain insult. Oh, okay. And so as a as a nurse and as a as a professor of nursing and working with my clinical colleagues, I really try to help them understand that supporting good sleep health in our patients and in our community is really really critical to offering optimal pain management as well. If you're not getting good sleep, you're feeling more pain. If you're having more pain, it it becomes vicious cycle because then you can't sleep mm. as well. So mm-hmm. lots, of, lots of things that, you know, the more we learn about sleep, the more critical it is, in my mind, that uh, we really do our best to, to support that within our, when our, within ourselves and our, our family members and, and our community members as well. So even if we're tracking a decent number of hours sleep, what exactly is quality sleep? You know, how do we define that? Well, if you're finding that you're waking up several times in the night or your mm-hmm. sleep is very light in the sleep field we call it sleep fragmentation where you're maybe you know sort of um bouncing around uh, quite uh, quite frequently and often a- awakening in the night now it's it's normal to waken briefly in fact we we all probably do and we probably don't even remember that we do very briefly and we fall back to sleep But where you're waking up repeatedly or sort of the depth of your sleep is not good, Um, you're not getting all of the the different kinds of sleep that you need. So we have two major sleep states, non-REM or non-rapid eye movement sleep. And Mm -hmm. that has um, three different stages within it, very light Mm -hmm. stage one and sort of a deeper stage two and, and then slow wave sleep or stage three. And then we have the rapid eye movement sleep or REM sleep, which is often associated with with dreaming, although not exclusively. And we need both of those major sleep states to sort of help our brains, um, I think, reconfigure in a way uh, Mm -hmm. and to offer us the best outcome for our bodies physiologically. And the other thing I'll circle back to, and I meant to share in terms of when we're challenged, uh, whether we're flying across across the ocean or, or visiting or doing time changes, our bodies are not just sleep and wake synchronized. We have this mechanism that helps to set our clock and, and our, our, all of our internal rhythms. It drives our hormones, body temperature, our levels of alertness. And so this sleep and wake rhythm, and especially the the sort of the light helps to entrain this rhythm. And it's almost like our bodies are like orchestra. When a symphony is playing, say, Beethoven's Fifth, the musicians come in and out at a certain time, right? They're playing the same piece. They're all playing Beethoven's Fifth. But 
they're not playing the exact same note at the same time. And when you are flipping from night shift to day shift, or you've just flown from Spain to Toronto, you know, your symphony is a little muddled. And so all of this is not coming in at the same time. There's a lot of disruption and you don't feel good. Like you don't feel yourself, right? And so it takes a few days for this entrainment to, to align again. And so it's not just our sleep and wake that is entrained, but we have a circadian rhythm that is critically aligned with this biological clock called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. And so it's light that helps to entrain this little bundle of nuclei and helps to really get this rhythm and this body orchestra all tuned up and playing Mm. magnificently. Wow. Well, I really like that analogy. It's a lot more complicated than most of us think. You know, there's a lot more going on, which is really interesting to hear. So there are many products out there that claim to assist with the improvement of sleep from melatonin to herbal remedies to prescription medication. Is there one recommendation you could make for our listeners to consider to improve the quality of their sleep? And if so, what would that be? Exercise. Exercise. It would be exercise. Simple. Simple as that. It, it it would be exercise and outside as much as possible, but exercise and at any time of the day. There's some wonderful guidelines on the participation um, website. Uh, really okay. recommend that you have a look at those. And they have guidelines for all the ages, you know, from young children to older adults. Uh, and for the first time, they include sleep as one of those components oh. within the participation guidelines. So really, really helpful. We we used to think that, oh, I shouldn't do exercise because it's too close to bedtime. It's not ideal, right? Because you don't want to sort of rev up your metabolism if, if possible. But if that's the only time you can get exercise, you'll actually sleep better, more soundly, and the quality of your sleep will be better. The other thing that exercise does, and especially if you can sort of do it earlier in the day if possible, is it helps you to feel a healthy tired. And mm. so much of us, you know, we've got a lot of things going on in our day. And, and I mean, we still have a lot of challenges, whether it's economic or family issues or whatever. And Exercise can be a wonderful way to sort of reduce your stressors, sort of burn off a little bit of that stress and mm-hmm. and, and have almost like a timeout <laughs> where you're not worrying so much about all of these things, right? Well, and- I imagine so much more than having a couple glasses of wine, which a lot of people say, well, it sort of calms me down and it makes me sleepy. But you're not getting the good quality of sleep, correct? No, actually, that's very true. So wine does, or alcohol, can make you sleepy. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, it disturbs your REM sleep. And it also is a diuretic. So after several hours, maybe you've gone to bed, but after several hours, you may need to get up to go to the bathroom. And then by then your homeostatic drive, which is sort of your sleep pressure to, to fall asleep and stay asleep, has reduced. And then you may find it hard to stay asleep. So 
everything in moderation. Uh, right. and certainly, you know, cutting back on caffeine levels, you know, getting getting those uh, cell phones turned to silent. And and I don't have a TV in my bedroom. I I really try not to use my uh, computer or laptop right right before bed because. If you don't screen out that blue light, it suppresses mm-hmm. melatonin. And melatonin is an endogenous hormone, so it, our body normally naturally secretes that. And it will help us to fall asleep and stay asleep in the early hours. If we expose ourselves to a lot of bright lights, and particularly the blue light spectrum, it suppresses that melatonin. And so we don't have that sort of normal feeling of of feeling sleepy we're still very much alert and at least for a while that that's definitely a problem that I've been seeing in a lot of teenagers but adults as well is that Mm -hmm. we use technology and tablets way too close to bedtime and we don't necessarily turn off our or have the cell phones in a different room. And so we hear these noises and beeps and tweets and whatnot that are fragmenting our sleep. Well, I think some people are using their tablets as maybe as a replacement for books. They think they're reading, they think it's making them tired when actually the blue light is doing the opposite effect. And you can, you can get apps or you can get film on top of your mm-hmm. Um, okay. your laptops or tablets and things like mm-hmm. that so there are ways to to mitigate that but to mm-hmm. be aware and when we are doing things that are you know it's one thing to to read on your uh, like a, a book or something in uh, in, in a tablet format but if we are really doing something that's very engaging or that's possibly stressful right mm-hmm. i mean you know, looking at maybe the news or something that is very alarming, or we're engaged in looking at Facebook, and it we seem to sort of get mm, almost addicted to certain platforms, right? To to look at, it's not allowing us just to sort of slow down, and we need both a calm body and a calm mind in order for our brains to sort of flip over the switch. And if we're doing something that's very engaging or anxiety provoking, our brain is really sort of the neurons are flashing, right? And <laughs> it's it's noisy <laughs> and it it doesn't allow you to fall asleep. Similarly, if you just run, I don't know, you were out running or you were uh, playing hockey or something late, your your blood pressure's high, your heart rate's high, respiratory rate's high, you won't fall asleep right away. Good to know to be outside, get it done a little earlier on in the day so that your body has time to adjust. Well, Dr. McMillan, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us today. I'm sure our listeners will be very grateful to put some of your tips into practice. And I think we'll all agree that here's to a good night's sleep. Well, you're you're very welcome. I, I just hope that we can all take a pause and think about how important our sleep is. And, you know, we're worth it. We're worth it to try to make that a priority. Because if we can get a good night's sleep, if we can support our families or or community members to get better sleep, we will all function better, uh, we'll learn better, we'll play safer, we'll think more effectively, and um, it makes for a great day. So thank you again. Thank you for joining us at At Home and Abroad with your host, Harrison Walker. 
You have been listening to an excerpt of a larger episode from Season 1. For the full episode, you can visit our website or browse our back catalogue. If you enjoyed this episode, you would be a real gem if you would rate and review our show. It helps us to grow and expand our reach. You can also subscribe to follow us each week as we continue the conversation. Find us on Instagram at at Harrison Walker or visit us at www.homeandabroadpodcast.com. We do have great merch, just saying. And of course, we would love to hear from you. And for you truly dedicated fans who have listened all the way to the end of this episode, we offer exclusive interviews, outtakes, challenges, and more on our paid channel, not even the cost of a latte once a month, depending, of course, on where you buy your coffee.